The real doubt is not whether Jonah could have survived in the belly of a whale. The real doubt is, can people be raised from the dead? Can supernatural things happen? Can God stop the sun in the sky? Can that happen in a world where all I can see, taste, touch, and feel, observe, where those rules seem to be universal? Is there something or someone who could break those rules? Who has dominion over those rules? That's the better question. Because there are a lot of intelligent people who, who land on both sides of it. And to me, it's not an essential. I don't really care that much if Jonah lived in the belly of a whale or, or if it's a metaphor. I believe that it's possible that he could have because we serve a God who is sovereign over all the natural laws. And if he sees fit to do whatever he sees fit to do, I have no issue with it. Welcome back to Study with Friends. I'm Paige, and we're currently studying how to best defend our faith with an apologetic series that follows up our previous one, both entitled A Gentle Answer. If you missed that series or the first part of this series, we encourage you to head to our website, studywithfriends.org, to catch up there. We have other resources that will hopefully encourage you as well. This series focuses heavily on everyday life situations that you may encounter when trying to talk to others about Jesus. There isn't any homework like we usually have, but we encourage you to take notes and even reach out through email or social media to let us know how the tools have been helping you or any insights you might have about sharing Jesus with others. As always, if you can't catch this whole broadcast, you can stream us later on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And don't forget, you can also catch the Bible study in action on YouTube. Now let's continue. Even if we're believers, I think God honors and loves when we ask questions that are really hard because we're showing a level of faith that there must be an answer, God. Just help me find it. Um, so I just wanted to say not all your questions were lowball questions like the ark and the whale. Um, anyway, keep going. <laughs> well, I want to come back to the answer to the ark and the whale, by the way, because I need to have, I have to bring Lucas home an answer to those questions. Okay, I will give you, I'm going to give you a quick answer on okay. Jonah, unless somebody else would like to jump in on Jonah. Go ahead. You want to die? I'll, I'll go after you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the answer that I always give about Jonah is, um, I'm not so concerned about whether he did or did not spend three days in the fish. I'm more concerned about whether you and I agree on can something supernatural really happen? Um, because to me, and, and this is towards, um, I have sort of two tools or approaches that I use in apologetics. One is called ask better questions. Ask, you know, you know when someone presents you with a question, think it through and present the better question. And don't be afraid to present the deeper question because living on the surface, People eventually want to get to what's underneath, so just go for it, you know, um, because that's the real doubt. The real doubt is not whether Jonah could have survived in the belly of a whale. The real doubt is, can people be raised from the dead? Can supernatural things happen? Can God stop the sun in the sky? Can that happen in a world where all I can see, taste, touch, and feel, observe, where that those rules seem seem to be universal is there something or someone who could break those rules who has dominion over those rules that's the better question mm -hmm. and once you deal with that question the Jonah stuff because there are a lot of intelligent people 
who who land on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's not an essential. I don't really care that much if Jonah lived in the belly of a whale or, or if it's a metaphor. I believe that it's possible that he could have because we serve a God who is sovereign over all the natural laws. And if he sees fit to do whatever he sees fit to do, I have no issue with it. But if you're sitting with someone who doesn't believe in the supernatural, you know, who, right. who questions that, that, how do you? But that's a journey. Because they may not believe in it right now, but then we can just say, you and I might disagree on this. But the reason that I don't have a problem with that is because I believe in a God who supersedes natural law. He's the creator of it, so he sits above it. And so this, for me, is not really an issue. I think also what you're bringing up ties into a lot of the things that I brought as well, because a lot of the skeptic, questions that I've encountered and um, even just doubts of people who are in the church and who are faithful Christians, uh, often when they are scriptural questions come down to interpretation of the Bible. It comes down to a hermeneutic, the way that we understand what scripture says, the way that we apply what scripture says. Um, And so something like, how could Jonah live in a fish for three days? That's a really long time. Um, the answers to that scripture doesn't tell us and and so i think starting with that you're right that's not clear in scripture how this happened and we don't have another example to look to in our daily lives that show us oh yeah this happens mm-hmm. you know it happened last thursday to joe down the street like we don't have that for some of these things um but with but it, that doesn't negate the gravity of that question, um, that scripture can stand up to our questions. But when I think if you come up to me and say, how could Jonah survive in the fish for three days? Well, either God made it happen miraculously and we can point to the rest of scripture and other situations to show God makes miraculous things happen. And we have story after story in scripture and we have story after story in our own lives. We have story after story in the lives of the people who brought us to the faith of ways that God makes miraculous things happen. When we read the story of Jonah, there's a few different interpretations. One of the interpretations would be something like, God maybe gave him an air bubble around him and like, you know, similar to the animals, like maybe God put a trance on the animals and just, and if God wants to put a trance on the animals, he can put a trance on the animals. But another interpretation of Jonah is that it's a parable, Mm -hmm. that the book of Jonah is a parable. And so in light of that, it really doesn't matter how exactly Jonah would survive three days if it's a parable because that's not the point of the story. Um, But I think starting with it doesn't matter can be Mm -hmm. hurtful. But like, yes, this great concern that's keeping you up late at night really doesn't matter is not what people want to hear. But helping the skeptic, helping the doubter, and sometimes that means helping ourselves, remember the intent of Scripture, why it exists. Scripture is not a science textbook. 
scripture is not, um, it's not uniform in its genre, even. You know, we don't, we don't read Revelation the same way that we read the book of Mark. We don't read the Psalms the, way, the same way that we read the book of Jonah. We don't read the book of Jonah the same way that we read the book of Genesis or the book of Leviticus. They are uniform and that they are all the revelation of God to his people, that they are all true, but they accomplish that in a variety of different ways and they have a variety of different intents. Paul is writing with a very different intent even than John is writing, even though they're so much closer in time and in place and um, all of these things. Uh, but I think with what you're saying, often the most, the, the details around the story or in the context can be such a huge hurdle to the deeper truth to the point um, that I, I know um, one of the examples I had from in college, I had a group of friends come over and we were talking through, um, it was an apologetics study that we were talking through and um, we invited some of our neighbors to come over and talk and one of the members of our group of our church said something casually about, you know, whether you're practicing homosexual or you're a murderer or and the guy that was a guest was like, how do you not see that you just equated loving someone mm. with murder? And the, the ways that interpretation of the truth of the Bible and what it means for the Bible to be true if we say we believe the Bible is true, does that mean that we believe Jonah survived in the belly of a fish for three days? And then how does that happen? Mm -hmm. I feel like I went way around no, it was good. in 30 <laughs> different ways. But interpretation of scripture is often what a lot of the, especially the specific questions of the instances and stories and in those things mm -hmm. comes down to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a deeper question of what is scripture about and how has God shaped scripture to accomplish what he has made it about mm -hmm. that's pretty good Someone else talk. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good so one I want to take you home to explain that to Lucas I would love to go <laughs> <laughs> you can Dude, watch okay. it back <laughs> so that's the I, it's not the first time I heard it but let me ask a question then because I kind of love that so yes the Bible is truth. You know, we all agree on that. But how you said, and yes, I love the parables. There's so many parables. They used to confuse the heck out of me. I now actually really like the parables. We don't speak in parables very often these days. It's, exactly. It takes getting used to. <laughs> so is it accurate then to say that Jonah, for example, or, or another section book of the Bible could potentially not be something that happened and is a parable? Like, could Jonah, like, that didn't happen and maybe that was just a parable and that's what that is? There are many theologians who would say Jonah is a parable. There are more who would become very uncomfortable with that statement. But it is legitimate to see that as a possibility of interpretation of scripture for Jonah. 
not always, <laughs> but yes. This Are is you, why am I, I making this yeah, is no, your ship? I agree. No, and I, th- this is nobody's ship but Jesus's. So wow. uh, <laughs> I appreciate your Holy Spirit led answer. Um, this is why I said what I said in a shorter way. Uh, very smart people disagree on whether that's true, like uh, literal truth mm-hmm. or um, a metaphor, a parable. So since, since very, very smart people who have really, really dug in, like biblical and, and, and ancient Near East and scholars, to me, it's not something I need to hang my hat on. Uh, and and anytime someone asks a question, I say, pursue it. If it's if yeah. you're passionate about it, go into that rabbit hole as far as you can and want to. Because again, I think God is so honored by the process, and you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to absorb a lot, and you're going to uh, benefit from it. I'm not going to be able to answer that question for you in a satisfying way in 30 seconds, which I know is the desire when people are like, "Do you really think?" Another thing that I, I, I mentioned on the last episode is when someone says, do you really think? I back the truck up before I try to put in an answer is because I'm trying to figure out, are you just looking for an argument? Are you just looking for, are you really seeking the Lord and an answer? Or are you just looking, are you just spoiling for a fight? You know, when you say, do you really think? You may want to challenge me and my faith and maybe shame me or, um, or rid- you know, condescend to me it's wise for me to figure out where you are before I start down the road of what I think might be an answer that satisfies you in whatever short period of time we have for me to do that and so I think a partnership between what she said and what I said she said some great things that I didn't say which are awesome I'm gonna put them in my toolbox because it was really it's a good she expanded on what I what I said very briefly, which is smart people disagree about this. And what she said is th- these are both legitimate ways. It's about how we interpret scripture. Um, and so we're kind of both saying, I think we're both saying the same thing. Um, for me, as I said, just helping by asking better or different questions, just teasing out in that person what is your true goal in your um, in your research or your seeking right now? What's your real goal? And, and let me be very fluid in the ways that I respond to you in that way so that I can walk with you on that journey and not alienate you on that journey. Um, as you so aptly pointed out, that can easily be done. Um, you've been pretty quiet. Yeah, I've, I've been listening because it's, it's, it is a hard question, you know, um, but I think that's the whole purpose behind it. You know, I, I believe that that kind of like you said, Lauren, the Bible is is an in a way of God speaking to his children in so many different aspects of his character. And, and really, it goes back to his character. And so really, you know, if you were to ask me to answer that question for you, um, similarly to Holly, I would, I would take a step back and say, okay, instead of looking at just the answer to that question, because, because I mean, I- if you wanted a simple answer, I would, I would just simply answer the fact that, you know, 
he was in that because God can do that. And, and, you know, but that, that is hard to explain to someone that may not believe in the supernatural, that, that also is hard to believe or to explain to someone who's just not willing to believe in God and, and think about it. You know, if you're talking to someone like that, if you don't address the deeper issue behind the surfacey question, you're just going to be talking to a wall, you know, and you're never going to really penetrate until, until you get to the root cause of why they're talking in the first place. And, and really even the root cause of, of what that true answer is and which is going back to the character of God truly. And, and they both pointed it out in their answers, you know, what is the purpose of these stories? What is the purpose of the Bible in general? It is literally, you know, a lot of people have said this, but it's like, it's like a love letter that, that the Lord wrote to present to his kids, to bring them deeper to him. Cause really it is all about relationship. You know, the, the whole Bible is like this, this letter that he presents so that you can know more about him and be willing to pursue a relationship with him. Because really at the core of it, if you're willing to believe in a God, then, then even at that, you're willing to believe in the supernatural, you know, because God is more than just natural. He is the creator of the natural. And so then if they were willing to believe, like let's just say they're willing to step and say, okay, um, I am willing to believe in God. I just need to know why this happened. Like how can something like this happen, you know? And and if, if they were there, then I would I would approach it by saying, Okay, well, think about think about an artist, you know, that you know, it's it's referenced in scripture about the potter and the clay, right? Well, think about an artist that is making a sculpture. That artist has the ability to both create the sculpture and also tear down and restructure the sculpture. So if God is referenced in an, an analogy form as the potter making clay, then you don't think that he also, I, in terms of you know him creating the world, creating the laws of nature, creating physics, creating you know the digestive systems of a fish, you know, um, you don't think he also has the ability to expand or take away or restructure, you know? Um, uh, yeah. And another example that Holly just briefly mentioned, which is unexplainable is, uh, it's talked about in Joshua 10, but basically where for the purpose of a battle, the Lord kept the sun in the sky mm -hmm. for, I don't know, more, at least more than 24 hours, a whole day. Um, and stopped stopped the sky from or sky sorry stopped the sun from moving, so so th that again is another example of if you look if you take a step back and look at it in an analogy form of the potter and the clay, then you think okay, this sculpture needs to be manipulated for this specific purpose. So let me restructure it just for that moment. That doesn't mean that the actual function of it changes dramatically and then continues that way because think about it in these two examples with the sun that stayed in the sky that doesn't mean that now the sun that we see is in the sky constantly we still know of the moon we know of the days the seasons the times same with fish i mean other than jonah i i 
don't know of any other. <laughs> I mean, well, I there believe. There was a guy recently who was in a fish, but it was not three days. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I know. I, I, I laughed really hard happen. when I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't I believe very long. it could happen. Um, I, believe, I believe any of that kind of stuff could happen with God. But, but, but my point, though, is that's not a common thing, at least as of now that we know of, right? So, so even to approach it this way, if you believe in a God, then you believe in a creator. If you believe in a creator, then you can wrap your head around the fact that if God created something, he can recreate something, Mm -hmm. whether it's for that moment Mm -hmm. or in a continuation, you know, so... I think. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, go. Yeah, there's so lot. much it's, to talk about. Okay, so this episode is about these. This series is about Jonah. No problem. Uh, I'm totally well, this down. This is a different like angle too. So if I, I'm gonna just do this on the fly. So it might not be very good, but hopefully it'll still prove my point. That if I come to your house, I'm like, I have the craziest story to tell you. So I get home and I'm trying to juggle the diaper bag and the baby and I have my keys in my hand and I finally get her down without throwing her down and she took her first steps and her brother and I were so excited and we cheered her on and then she, you know, fell on her face briefly, but you know, we did great. (laughs) And then you come to me and you say, but where did you put your keys? My reaction is, that's not the point of the story. <laughs> that I don't know. I couldn't tell you where I put my keys. It's not the point of the story. That's the point really of the good, story Lauren. is my daughter took her first steps. Now, if the point of the story had been where I put my keys, I would tell it totally differently. Mm-hmm. I would say, I got home. I was trying to juggle all this stuff, threw the daughter down on the floor. I think she took her first steps. But then I had to figure out where to put my keys. I hung them on the second <laughs> hook from the left so that I would remember to get them before we went to the store later again that day. The structure of the story tells us what's important. Mm-hmm. It tells us the point. It tells us um, the intent of the author. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not to say that there's not an answer to that. Like in my first example, I did put my keys somewhere, mm-hmm. but I didn't relay that in the story because it wasn't the point. And so I think what I love your analogy of God as the potter. If he creates, he can also recreate. Like God, God exists outside of the limitations of the universe that he created. Mm-hmm. If that's not true, he's not God. Mm-hmm. So when we affirm that God is God, we affirm that he exists outside of the limitations that we experience and the limitations that would lead us to reasonably ask, how was Jonah in the fish for three days that's a reasonable question with the limitations that we live in Mm -hmm. but also when you read scripture you 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 have to read it on its own terms you you can't read just a verse and expect it to give you all the answers to all of your questions because that's not how scripture is written and so when we read Jonah it's a valid question but it's also not the point of the story. And approaching both of those things, you use the analogy of a wall yeah. to, to, that's defending a deeper question. Um, and so you, obviously our hope and the, the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of evangelism and discipleship is to get to that deeper question, but you do still have to get through the wall. Hi, this is Carol, and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. 
We are a donor-funded organization, and while all the women who participate in our studies are volunteers, there are many costs and expenses that need to be covered by you, our listening audience. Please prayerfully consider supporting us with a one-time gift, or even better, become a monthly donor. Just go to our website, studywithfriends.org, and click on the Donate tab. Also, please pray for us as we seek to fulfill our mission to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through the fellowship of Bible study and the careful examination of your faith. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out our videos and podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. And please remember that our studies cannot substitute for being involved in a Bible-believing church that is close to you where you can live out all aspects of the Christian life. God bless.